0: So I don't know, uh, like, when he says uh, the author of this book, we don't know who wrote it, but there's high chance that the only one who could write it was Jonah because he knew all the details that was going on, and all these things. And and no, it's impressive and it's wonderful. And if when we get to heaven, I'll love to have a coffee with Jonah. And just ask him a lot of questions about this book because it's, even though we can see Jonah wasn't the greatest guy and he wasn't the most caring or or loving person that there is, but at the end of the book, we can see how he basically changed and left everything without an answer. And, you know, it's great that all the things that are in this book—it's all talking about uh, God's trying to do good, but He is just uh, Jonah is just doing everything wrong—and it's impressive to see somebody who can be so open to talk about their mistakes, like like this person right here. He never brags about himself. He never talks anything good about uh, his good doings or what he did right. He always says how everything was wrong and how shameful he was. And and it's great that he can just tell everything so clearly, so detailed about how arrogant and foolish he was and never even uh, take credit of anything of the good things that was happening, not even in the sermon. And then making God, you know, the great guy in in the whole story. How glorifying God in every single detail, and that's why, and in a sense, I could admire Jonah because of this. You know, he wasn't poetic; he wasn't anything. He was just real clear to what everything was happening. So, we're gonna go to uh, the first chapter, the first, uh, the first verse, and then, but. And there he says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry, and he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, it's not this what I said when I was yet in my country? This is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in his steadfast love, and relenting from disaster. And Next verse, therefore, now, Lord, oh Lord, please uh, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, uh, "Do you do well to be angry? So to have a little bit of idea of what's happening in here, you know, when we hear these words, we always see, "Oh, how angry was Jonah, how bad he was." Uh, how evil he was, but for a moment, like I like I said the, uh, before, let's put let's wear Jonah's shoes for a little bit. Let's put in his place right now. You know, in Second uh, Kings fourteen twenty five, he said, "He uh, uh, God restore Israel's border from Leboh and Math as far as the Sea of Arabah, according to the word of the Lord." The God of Israel had spoken through His servant, the prophet Jonah, son of Amittai, from Gathber. So, so if we look at this, before all of this happened, Jonah was Mister Word of God. You know, he was in the greatest position; like he was a great prophet. You know, he was known to be a, a, a truthful person. And a person who, who who knew about the word of God, who knew, who knew what was, what was happening, but this message that he just preached made him made everything that he had to be lost. And he was at the top of the success, and then he lost it all in 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 in, in this situation because there are two things that are happening. Here. All he said that he was, it was going to happen didn't happen. It was not going to happen. So, because uh, he prophesied against Nineveh, but Nineveh wasn't going to be destroyed. So, so, he was a, so, he turned into a false prophet in Nineveh. And the people didn't just hate him because he was an Israelite, but he was also a terrorist. Because he was condemning them and then didn't happen. Let's keep in mind that the people from Nineveh didn't know that God was going to relent. They were just, they just did, a, they did all they had to do, but they didn't know the answer of God. So, so now he cannot be in Nineveh because of this. And the second thing is happening. God had a plan to destroy Nineveh, which were the worst enemies of Israel. And he just prophesied and made something for them not to, not to die. So he helped them out in a way so they cannot be destroyed. So his, his good reputation of a good prophet is all gone now because he helped his enemies not to die. So, if we see it in a way, let's imagine in, in this situation, let's, uh, and I, I think uh, I, I'm going to use John as an example today, probably. Let's imagine that the Dodgers are losing 9-0, to and John just goes to the field and tells the greatest gameplay for winning the game of the World Series against the Giants and then they win. (laughs) So now John is so upset because he gave them the word to his worst enemies and now they're winning and then they lost his people uh, lost a great opportunity to actually get away from their enemies. So that's why he just rather die. That's why he's not happy about this. He's not happy about this what is happening. He's just sad that everything that was, it, it was good because he was excited about Nineveh losing and Nineveh just being destroyed by God. But it didn't happen. So how can he come back to Israel and be the same person, return to his life like this? Everything was gone. His chance was gone. And then chapter, uh, verse 4, it says, uh, Then the Lord asks, is it right for you to be angry? And that verse, we can see a lot of sarcasm from God. He's not actually asking what he's saying. He's just playing with it. He's, He's just playing with Jonah feelings. It's like, you know, it, he's basically shaming Jonah with a mirror on his face. He's like, look at you. Like, what are you mad about? What's wrong with you? But Jonah isn't having it. So he still, he does another, he runs away again from God. And so it says that uh, he, Jonah left the city Jonah went out of the city and sat east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in a shade till he should see what would become of the city. And I, for this uh, little verse, uh, I titled this little thing, this little part, Far Away, But Not Too Far to Miss the Fireworks. So he so, so that's what he wanted to do. He was out. So he he was still he had still had a little bit of hope that God was not going to relent and, and or eventually that he wasn't the sacrifice wouldn't be enough for them to still be destroyed. So he wanted to take the first seat to 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 see them lose. And sometimes you know, like it, when like when that when this happened, like this it. They had to wait for 40 days, like he had preached, and, and, and they started doing all these things within a week, kind of. So there were still a couple of days to wait to see what was going on, but he wasn't. So he was waiting. Maybe he was hoping there was another word. We can see that there, there was no other word saying from Jonah, like, go and tell them that I forgive them. There was no uh, prophecy about forgiveness. There was no other. It was just, you know, just God changed his mind. And sometimes we, uh, he acted like that. I have heard so many people saying, I quote that it's kind of silly. He says, I, God, I know revenge is yours, but feel free to use me as an instrument. You know, it's like he wanted something like that. He was, he was still hoping that God was on his side, but, but he wasn't. And, and that's uh, how uh, Jonah was. So, so in verse 6, Now the Lord appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. You know, if we're real, plants don't grow overnight, you know, don't grow that big to like cover somebody. So so it was an actual miracle. So in a sense, Jonah was feeling like, God is on my side. You know, he's, he's going to please me. Little did he know what was God doing, that he was just playing with it. A, a, uh, God was doing all these things to make a clear point and make, under, make for once and for all, Jonah understand God's grace and mercy and the plan that he had for these people. And for us also, right? That we're here. So in, in verse 8, um, it said, but when, uh, verse 7, when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant, and it withered. So now there's another thing. <laughs> so, Like I said, God God is just playing games with Jonah. It's like, you know, I'll make you happy, and then I'm going to pretend like everything is going well for you, but actually it's going to change. And then verse eight, it says, "When the sun rose, God appointed a starching east wind, and the sun bed down on the head of Jonah, so that he was faint, he was faint and he asked that he might die, and it said, "It is better for me to die than to leave." So what, I, what we can see in this, area, in this part is that all these things that are evil, God was hoping those uh, evil things to happen to the people of Nineveh. And God was using him like, you know, this is what you want from these people, but actually this is happening to you. You know, there's a lot of cartoons and all this. Like the roadrunner, that he's like the the coyote that's running and trying to make uh, traps uh, for the for the Road runner, and then he ends up falling in all of them. So it, this is kind of like that. This is Jonah just pretending that all the evil is happening to the to the Nineveh people, but it's happening actually to him. And then God asks, "Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Is another it?" It, it, he keeps asking the same question, and then Jonah is like, yes, it's right. He replied, I'm angry enough to die. Uh, well, yeah. So, and then, you know, I, one, thing, one of the things I, I like to do in, in like when I'm relaxing or doing something, I like to play chess and I'm not that good but I just like the the idea of having a strategy and all these things and I can and and part of the key to play a good game is to be ahead a couple moves of the other person to know what's happening so God I so we can see here God is doing all these moves and he's preparing and getting ready for a checkmate to do them so since the beginning of the book there's something, there's a, a phrase that repeats itself uh, multiple times. It is God appointed. He appointed a storm when they were on the ship. He appointed a fish. He appointed a plant, a worm. He appointed and a wind. So everything we can see, God is in control of every single detail that's going on. He's in control of everything. And even if we can say, if, if all this, God is working completely in everything. We don't hear about the enemy. We don't hear about Satan. He is not even in the story. It's only uh, Jonah, and God is doing all these things to make a, a point about, about everything. So he's, so uh, God is just waiting for an answer. God is waiting for everything just to ask another question and have a checkmate over, <laughs> over Jonah. And said, verse 10 says, and the Lord said, you pitted the, pla- the plant for the week, and should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than uh, 120,000 persons who do not know their right and, and from their left, and also much cattle? And that's, and that's the checkmate. You know, when there's, uh, you, uh, th- this is why I, 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 I see the uh, checkmate side, because, you know, and, and when there's a checkmate, you don't need to do a last move, because you're already lost. It's already gone. Whatever you move, whatever you go, it's over. There's no need for another move. There's always, there's always one move missing, and that's the answer of, no, of Jonah, because he can't answer he, he fell into the trap of everything. He was whining about the plant. He was whining about the wind. He was whining about every single thing. And God, God was explaining to him every single detail. And he was making it a whole point. Same thing happens when Jesus, when they told Jesus, when Jesus was saying that, you know, the plants, the flower, the flower, you know it doesn't grow and then he was dressed better than salomon but then you know it's today today is there but tomorrow is dead how much more valuable are we are that we are eternally. you know a, so that's what, so we have read this book in multiple uh, uh multiple times in different times and you know when i was a kid i used to love uh these books of uh, hidden objects. I know kids love these things where they can find, like, you know, find this pencil in this picture, find it. I used to love those things. Was, uh, you know, I, I, I like this kind of thing. So in this book, kind of, when I was reading this book, I was reminded of that thing for some reason. And it sounds like every, in every aspect of the um, of the book, you can find a lot of uh, the parables of Jesus in, in, in most of them. It's great uh, because when I hear about uh, Jesus' parables, there's always something that's similar to this. We're like um, there's the parable of the two sons where, you know, the, when God Jesus said that there was a, a, a father had two sons and one told him, go here and work on my uh, on my yard, and then one of them said, I will, and but didn't go. And then the other one said, I, I will not go, but ended up going. So uh, we can see Jonah in this situation like this. He said I'm, he moved, but he didn't go to where he was supposed to go. But then he said well, he wasn't going to go, but then he went. And then there's another par- parable, the Good Samaritan, where we can see the sailors actually trying to save Jonah, from this from from the tempest, and like not letting him like not, not wanting him to to send him in, uh, throw into into the sea and uh, so so the people that we're not we not expecting to behave that like they should are behaving in a way that they're not, and that's a good sanrity, the parable of the living you know jonah's simple message god uh, you know it, these uh, Nineveh will be destroyed in forty days. It was a simple message that transformed the whole city. The whole city changed because of that, and made that impact in the whole in the whole city. We also find um, the parable of the in, importune widow when we see Nineveh asking for mercy, doing the fasting, and doing all these things just to, you know, ask for mercy from the Lord. And then, then, and, and then God answering, you know, in in a way that he's. He's not doing what he was going to do. Then, uh, you know, we have the prodigal song. (laughs) Jonah actually in the belly just crying, praying for mercy, and praying that God will relent from, you know, know, uh, saving his life. And then, you know, uh, then Jonah right now at the end of the book just acting like the, the older brother. So... So there's a lot of things that we can see, like I wish I, uh, I, know I had more time to explain a couple more things about this. But in conclusion, there's um, one thing that I want to point out about this that reminds me, I know you guys read Luke for a while, and then Luke 6.32 says, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do not, do what is good to those who are good to you what credit is that to you even sinners do that and if you lend to those who to those whom you expect to receive what credit is that to you even sinners lend to sinners to be repaid in full but love your enemies do what is good and lend expecting nothing in return then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high for the gracious to the ungrateful and evil be merciful as your father is also merciful so god is not just telling jesus is not just telling this what it happened but he's actually talking about how great he is how grateful he was. And he explained it all over, this, all over this, the Old Testament. It showed how merciful God was with those people who were, like, underserving ungrateful. and ungrateful. And, and this is, uh, you know, it's great and to see it in, uh, in writing. You know, it's so easy to see it and be like, you know, it's perfect. But, um, you know, since the Tower of Babel, we were all separated. Uh, but language, cultures, and all these things have separated us from, the, from different ideologies, different perspectives, and all these things, religions, all of these have uh, separated. But there's only one thing that can unite us again, which is the Holy Spirit and the gospel. And that's why in Pentecost, everybody was, you know, reunited, came back together, And they're starting talking uh, different tongues in different languages because, you know, God wanted them together, but not for the purpose that they had in the Tower of Babel, but in the the purpose that they had for the gospel and for salvation of the people. uh, Galatians 28 says, There's no Jew or Greek slave or free male and female since you are all one in Christ. And you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, hers according to the promise. Like I said, in writing, this all sounds great. It sounds awesome. But it's even harder to live it and experience it. When we actually see, and, you know, to uh, to, uh, to finish, um, I want to go one step into, you know, I, I'm sorry if you guys are not used to this, but I always tend to use this. But let's just, you know, uh, picture ourselves. The moment that we're praying to God in our worst situations. You know, we always have, we all have that moment of prayer where we're like, God, take control over me. take Take the will. Jesus, just, you know, this is it. And, We all are expecting, you know, grace and mercy from God. So if you picture yourself doing all this, and you are at the feet of Jesus, just, you know, repenting, receiving, uh, and asking for forgiveness for your sins. You know, you're focusing on Jesus. But if you see, like, right next to you, if you kind of look around to you, in the same picture where you're requesting help from God, you can also see those people who have hurt us, who are called our enemies in a certain way who have da- uh, like uh, made us feel wrong in some ways, have hurt us in different uh, ways also, and they're also asking God for mercy and, and kindness if we if we actually look around under under the cross, and we see uh, God's prayers, requests. We can see a child that has been abused, a child that has been uh, done uh, wrong by, 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 by people. And then he's just asking for uh, counseling. He's asking for uh, love, for understanding. Maybe he's asking for answers. And right next to him, there another, there's the guy, the abuser, or the person who has actually done all those things that are filled with guilt, and he's just requesting for forgiveness. But they're all in, under the same cross. They're all under the same Jesus requesting for the same thing. But the hope is that eventually when we go to heaven... We'll all be together. The 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 assassin, the the people who you know, they all who did all these things that we might not it might not be a good idea to say because there are kids around. But all these people and kids who were victims are gonna be there. And they're all gonna be together in heaven sharing God's grace and love. And one of the examples, and one of my testi part of my testimony was that when I, you know, I was filled with guilt. I was with uh, with uh, filled with all these things uh, because I went through my addictions and all these things. And I thought, you know, this is you know, when can I get my revenge? You know, when can I get? That's why my hope was always. And I was asking for forgiveness, but I realized that if I if I don't see the the whole picture of heaven, then I might not be aware of what actually God loves once. So I, you know, one thing that happened to me was that when my mom, you know, I, I, one of the biggest questions I always had was, you know, why? You know, my, my mom was 49 years old. Why was she, you know, why is she killed by a drunk driver when she was coming from work? And I said, you know, I want the answer. And the answer didn't come far, didn't come soon. But the answer came after I started reading Jonah. And it was, you know, God wants to have, give another chance to people. My mom was saved. You know, she'll be, she's in heaven now dancing with God. Jesus, he's having a good time. But this guy, who was drunk and just doing all his things, if he would have died, he would be paying for his sins and all these things. But maybe God has a, has a ch- wanted to give this guy another chance. And who am I to to actually ask God why is it worth it? And they said we can see where we can see our humanity, self, We're all. Have done wrong. We have hurt people. We have said things that we shouldn't be saying. We shouldn't say. We have done things to our people that, that, that we have we shouldn't have done. But God is a God who gives chances to another to other people, and that's why God wants to give us another chance every morning. The word says that every morning His grace is new, His mercy is new. So it doesn't matter what we have done, what He what ever has happened to our lives, God is always there. He wants to love us. He wants to, he wants to care for us. And now I will end with this. When we walk with Christ, it's like we're walking on a tightrope. And we're always trying to get there, but we know, you know, it's... It's impossible for us. We don't have the perfect balance. We don't have the perfect idea, the perfect way of doing things we are not experienced. But there's grace, and grace is like that little net that's under the people walking on the tightrope. And when you fall, there's always that grace that can hold you back. And there's always that grace, but the problem is that we're always going to fail. And the only one who can take us to the other side is Jesus. And that's why when we see these, I can't imagine how hard it was to, or how Jonah actually ended up doing the rest of his life or his ministry or his prophecy. I don't know what happened to him. The Bible doesn't say what happened to Jonah after. But I, What I can see, but I, what I would like to think is that it's the same that God wants us to learn. God wants to give another chance even to the most evil person. And just like us, He cared for us. He loved us. And He wants to be with us for eternity, even though we don't deserve anything. But He loves us so much. And that's why He loves you with all His heart. So let's pray.